Welcome to Answer the Call Missionary with Marcy Fenn, equipping, coaching, and restoring missionaries to answer God's call. Today we're going to talk about processing loss and grief. At the end of Jesus' farewell to his disciples, Jesus says this, In this life you will have tribulation, John 16, 33. The definition for tribulation is a pressing or pressing together. In biblical and ecclesiastical writings, it's a Greek metaphor that means oppression, affliction, distress, or trouble. Oppression and affliction can be physical pain or mental distress. In this life, we are going to experience sorrow and pain. When we head out on the mission field, we focus on all the exciting things to come, not the troubles. In order for Jesus to fulfill his role on this earth, he had to go through a lot and he even grieved. Missionaries typically do not speak about the troubles or hardships, especially not when trying to convince others to come join them on the mission field. What is grief? Grief is the emotional suffering we feel when we experience a loss, loss of a thing, an idea, or person. The more significant the loss, the more intense the suffering. Grief is a natural response to loss. What are some types of losses? You can have the loss of a dream, a job, financial stability, retirement, selling the family home or other cherished object, friendship, breakup or divorce, health or a loved one's health, this can include a child with special needs, death of a pet, miscarriage, or death. What are some types of losses as a missionary, or how are some of these amplified on the mission field? Some are temporary, related to change and transition, loss of home culture, in-person friends and support system, loss of home and belongings. Some may involve hurt or trauma, saying goodbye repeatedly, betrayal, loss of belongings from theft or robbery, even assault, loss of safety, being evacuated from natural disaster or war, death, which can vary such as preventable medical if someone had access to better care or a widespread disease or pandemic or murder from gang violence or an accident or suicide. Other countries can even have varying levels of value of life. For example, in Honduras, I think we saw five dead bodies within our first year. The bodies were not covered. The news shows pictures before the families are notified. Dead bodies are displayed in newspapers and on the news. Maybe there was a low value of life. Maybe death was a normal part of life. You don't really get used to that over time. Grief is a natural response to loss. Here is a great quote from Doug Manning. Grieving is as natural as crying when you are hurt, sleeping when you are tired, eating when you are hungry, or sneezing when your nose itches. It's nature's way of healing a broken heart. Don't let anyone take your grief away from you. You deserve it and you must have it. If you had major surgery, no one would pressure you to run a marathon the next week. Grief is a major wound. It does not heal overnight. There is no normal timetable for grieving. Everyone grieves differently from the response to the process or the time. Grieving is individual because there are so many different variables that affect the process. Personality, gender, culture, 
stages of life, health, stress level, coping style, life experience, faith, the nature of the loss, relationship with the person who died, current support system, and even the leaving or funeral experience. Additionally, if there are multiple losses at one time, which is compound grief, it may take more time to sort out and process. Let's go over some different myths and facts about grief. Myth. The pain will go away faster if you ignore it. Crying makes it worse. Talking about it makes it worse. Fact. For real healing, it is necessary to face your grief and deal with it. Ignoring pain causes problems, physically and emotionally. Crying can release pain. Talking about the loss can release memories and the hurt as well as help us develop new insights and provide encouragement. Myth. It is important to be strong in the face of loss. Don't want to bother others. Don't want to appear weak. Fact. Showing your true feelings can help others and help you. If someone is asking to offer help, you are not bothering them. People want to help but often feel helpless. Share with people what you need whether it's physical, such as a hug or sitting with you in silence, or practical, such as a meal or cleaning or logistics, or emotional, such as sharing conflicting feelings and memories. Do you feel like someone is weak when they ask for help or share with you? Typically not. Therefore, people are not thinking you are weak in your natural response to grief. Myth. If you don't cry, it means you aren't sorry. Fact. People who do not cry still feel the pain and have other ways of showing it. Don't judge yourself or others for the response to loss. Myth. Grief should last about a year or time heals all wounds. Fact. There is no right or wrong time frame for grieving. Time does not automatically lessen grief, especially if it is not being processed. In fact, a person can process loss and grief and move on but then have a moment later where the loss resurfaces, such as an important date, a holiday, or event. Grief is a process of healing. There are many emotions that accompany it, such as sadness, anger, guilt, resentment, depression, and despair. However, the process can also lead us to peace and hope. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross developed the five stages of grief in her book on death and dying, Denial, Anger, Bargaining, Depression, and Acceptance. In the denial stage, we can be in shock or disbelief, such as, this can't be happening to me. We may avoid, procrastinate, forget, be easily distracted, have mindless behaviors, keep busy all the time, and think or say we are fine. We may feel numb, confused, or even shut down. In the anger stage, we can be angry or resentful such as, why is this happening? Who is to blame? We may be pessimistic, cynical, sarcastic, irritable, aggressive, or passive-aggressive, get into arguments or physical fights, or begin or increase substance abuse. We may feel frustrated, impatient, embarrassed, rage, or out of control. In the bargaining stage, we can try to undo what happened, such as, make this not happen and in return, I will fill in the blank. We may constantly think on the future or past. 
overthink or worry, compare ourselves to others, predict the future and assume the worst, be perfectionistic, think or say, if only, and judge ourselves or others. We may feel guilt, shame, fear, anxiety, insecurity, or even blame others. In the depression stage, we can be sad, empty, and lonely, such as, I'm too sad to do anything. We may experience sleep and appetite changes, reduced energy, social interest and motivation, cry, and begin or increase substance abuse. We may feel despair, helplessness, hopelessness, disappointment, or feel overwhelmed. It is unhealthy to stay in denial, anger, bargaining, or depression, but it's hard to define what staying, what length of time that really is. There is healthy grieving, and then there is sorrow that turns into self-pity and loathing. Unhealthy grief prolongs suffering, interrupts normal activities, or prevents us from living a full life. We need to be moving towards the acceptance. In the acceptance stage, we can be at peace, such as, I am at peace with what happened. We may begin to be mindful of our behavior, engage with reality, such as, this is how it is right now, be present in the moment, be vulnerable and tolerate emotions, be assertive, non-defensive, and honest in communication, adapt, cope, and respond well. We may feel hope, courage, validation, self-compassion, pride, and wisdom. When we experience a loss, it's important to identify our loss. Name the loss of the thing, the idea, or the person. Dispel the myths or lies. Identify and process through the stages of grief. However, we also need to call upon and utilize the power of forgiveness. If we're experiencing the loss, then who do we need to forgive? Ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves for any myths or lies we may believe about the loss and grief, for setting unrealistic expectations, for inappropriate responses, for not doing more, saying more, or trying more. Be specific and speak what you are forgiving yourself for. Others' responses to our loss. We need to forgive responses such as not being sensitive, saying something offensive, judging, not understanding, not offering help, not listening, not staying in touch. Be specific and speak what you are forgiving others for. This is done on your own. Pretend the person is standing or sitting in front of you. Chances are their poor response to our grief was unintentional. If you are still wanting to talk with the person about it, then refer to resolving conflict or how to respond or share when someone has hurt you. The person who has caused the loss. We may need to forgive a boss, business, missionary organization, pastor, co-worker, or even the person who died, especially if we're thinking, how could you leave me? Be specific and speak what you are forgiving this person or organization for. I forgive, fill in the blank, for reassigning me, kicking me out, leaving me, betraying me, for dying. This is done on your own. Pretend the person is standing or sitting in front of you. Again, if you are wanting to talk with the person or person in charge of the organization, then do that once you have processed through the loss and grief. God. We need to forgive God. I forgive you, God, for allowing fill in the blank. 
this loss to happen or this person to die. It's important as a Christian, and especially as a missionary, to have a theology of suffering. May not be able to recognize exactly what we believe about God concerning the loss or how it is affecting us. Whatever you do, do not be afraid to go to God. Do not run from Him. God can handle what you have to say to Him. And we're going to need God to help us get through our loss. Tell Him you need Him. Ask Him for help. Keep forgiving yourself, others, for their responses to your loss or their responsibility for the loss, and God as needed. If we are experiencing the loss, then why is forgiveness important? Forgiveness is for us. Forgiveness sets us free from the emotional and mental prison of the hurt. Forgiveness heals us by reversing lies and allowing us to move on in life. Forgiveness makes us strong. It decreases depression, anxiety, anger, and symptoms of PTSD. The phrase forgive and forget is easier said than done. Forgiveness does not mean that we will forget. We may need to forgive as many times as something comes to our remembrance, 70 times 7, or forgive once, and then as you remember, speak, thank you, Lord, that I forgave them. The devil often wants to bring things to our remembrance, and we can remind him that we have forgiven. However, there may be some other things that you can do to forget. For example, if the loss is from a breakup, then don't hold on to objects that will make forgiving and forgetting painful. There may be things that we need to throw away or burn and connections that need to be severed, delete email addresses, unfriend people. There may be places we don't need to visit and habits we need to redirect. Grief is also an opportunity to gain perspective. We can find the good that has come out of the loss. We can find meaning. What do I mean? Well, sometimes a loss can bring a family together. Or we can appreciate the timing, oh, we were back in the States, or someone was able to attend the funeral. Or, in the midst of pain, a prayer was answered. Maybe someone came to know the Lord. We can also, and it may take time, realize how we have grown or changed. Maybe we recommitted our life to Christ. Maybe we are more patient, understanding, resilient, or brave. Or maybe we can use this loss to empathize with and help others. Finding the good or finding meaning does not mean we ignore or diminish the pain. God does not tempt us with evil. Loss happens because we live in this fallen world. In this life, we will have tribulation or trouble. However, God has an amazing ability to work things together for good for those that love him. Romans 8, 28. Joseph said in Genesis 50:20 that his brothers meant evil to come against him, and it did. He was thrown in a pit and left for dead. He lost his family. He lost his freedom. He lost his trust in people through the betrayal of his family, and later those in the palace and those who promised to get him out of prison. He lost his home country, and he lost all of his possessions from home and then from the palace. But God created good out of it because Joseph ended up being in a strategic place where he could be used of God to preserve people's lives. In fact, Joseph must have forgiven his brothers because he preserves even their lives. Another way of gaining perspective and finding the good that has come out of the loss is reflecting on what was not lost. Think about what will be kept alive. 
Was I able to live my dream, even if only for a time? Did I learn some skills at that organization or did I learn what not to do? Did I learn new characteristics about God? He's my provider, protector, deliverer. Did I find out who my true friends are? Did I find out how resilient I am in the midst of chaos? For the loss of a person, what memories do we have that can be kept alive? What attributes of the person do we strive to emulate or want to pass on? What traditions, activities, projects, recipes can be kept alive? We can praise God for all the good memories we have and what was not lost. There is another power we can tap into for reflecting on what was not lost, and that is the power of remembering. All throughout the Bible, the word remember resonates. Remember covenant. Remember the Lord your God. Remember what you were delivered out of and what you were brought into. Communion is practiced to remember what Jesus accomplished on the cross, that he defeated death. His death burial, and resurrection are our hope. What are some practical ways you can remember the good? What can you do to remember? Write stories, create cookbooks, continue traditions, make a photo album or collage of pictures, give a donation. I'll never forget the response of a Honduran we worked with when I was interviewing him about the impact of missionaries in his life. He said that one thing that amazed him was how Americans seemed to be able to take a tragedy and create a blessing. He saw it as an ability they possessed, an ability not seen within his culture, to make something good come out of something bad. From tragedy, Americans have started foundations, ministries, and nonprofit organizations. From tragedy, Americans have started programs and provided scholarships. From tragedy have emerged public awareness campaigns such as DUI, Don't Drink and Drive, or Have a Designated Driver. Sometimes campaigns lead to laws or regulations, seatbelt law or motorcycle or bicycle helmet regulations. Holidays such as Independence Day, Memorial Day, Martin Luther King Jr. Day all serve as ways to remember and be grateful. As I'm reflecting on this, I'm thinking these responses to tragedy also served as a way to remember. Jesus was a man of sorrows, of suffering, physical and mental pain, and was acquainted with grief. He sees the suffering of the lost. He cried over the city of Jerusalem. Jesus was weeping over the lost opportunity and the loss of those who rejected him. He was weeping because he does not want anyone to perish but all to come to repentance. Jesus wept over Lazarus, even though he knew he would raise him from the dead. When John was beheaded, Jesus could not even get away to grieve. Jesus wept when he was praying to be delivered from death. Jesus has felt and can feel what we feel. Jesus can sympathize and empathize. At the end of Jesus' farewell to his disciples, he did not leave them with the tribulation or troubles. Jesus spoke healing words for the support he would provide for them through those troubles. Sending of the Spirit, who is our comforter, John sixteen seven to 15 Answering prayer, verses 23 to 27, and victory in verse 33. Jesus ends with, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We need to allow the Spirit to comfort us. We need to know that God is listening and answering our prayers. 
We need to know the tribulation or troubles cannot overcome us because Jesus already deprived it of the power to harm us and has overthrown its authority and effect. It's important to identify our losses, dispel the myths or lies, identify and process through the stages of grief, forgive, gain perspective through finding the good and finding meaning, reflect on what was not lost, and remembering the good. God is the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort. He can comfort or ease our pain in our tribulation or trouble, physical pain or mental distress. Then we will be able to comfort others in trouble the same way we have been comforted. Thank you for listening today and remember, trust God and answer the call. Thank you for listening to Answer the Call Missionary with Marcy Fenn. If you have questions or topic ideas, please leave a comment or send a voice message. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please subscribe and share or give at worldoutreach.org backslash 349. For more information on Answer the Call Ministries, please visit the website at www.atcministries.org.